Do you think the Christchurch City Council has done the right thing, voting not to enforce the government's housing intensification policy, or do you think it's made a big mistake? G'day, Tony. You'll be pretty happy. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, so you're from the uh, you're from the Rickett and Bush yeah. Kilmarnock Residents Association. Um, were you surprised yeah. by the vote yesterday? Um, I was. Um, I was. Yeah, look, I have to be honest and say I was surprised at the at the extent of the majority. Mm. We went in there thinking it was going to be pretty close, and we were almost prepared for it to be a, a yes vote. Mm. Um, and then we were all sort of girding our loins for the battle to come. But actually, that was pretty convincing. Uh, Ten to five. Uh, voting against notification. And can I say, John, I actually don't know if there was one councillor in that chamber who actually wanted to vote yes, and that includes the five who did. You know, I think they voted yes because they, they chose the lesser of two evils in their mind. And if, they'd had a, if they hadn't been threatened with uh, a commissioner coming in and taking over, they would have voted no. So, look, I, you know, I think... This is a pretty momentous occasion for Christchurch, and it was probably the biggest planning decision that that the council has ever had to make, and pretty brave one, and I was really proud of what happened with the councillors who voted voted not to accept. Will you feel the same if the government decides to put in a commissioner or a crown manager to, to make it happen? Sorry, say that again? Will you feel as happy if the government turns around and says, right, we're going to put in a, 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 yeah. a commissioner or a crown manager to make this happen? Well, you know, <laughs> we're prepared for that possibility. I don't know that the government's prepared for that possibility, and I don't know if the government's prepared for the consequences if it did that. And also the commissioner, if there was a commissioner appointed, would have varying powers. The commissioner could simply come in, if they did appoint a commissioner, and and what I'm hearing, there seems to be a reluctance to to jump the gun here. Megan Woods has has expressed concerns about the vote, but she certainly hasn't said that she would support a commissioner. Uh, David Parker has said he wants more information and advice before he decides on whether a commissioner should be appointed. So to me, I think they're thinking very carefully before they... they, um, take what uh, Christchurch people might think is a fairly vindictive approach to what the councillors have done in good faith. Um, so, look, a commissioner could just come in and say, "We want we'll, we'll notify the plan you were in, we're going to be notifying anyway." Right. Yeah. Or a commissioner could come in and throw the whole thing out and introduce draconian measures to. Um, introduce intensification, get rid of all the qualifying matters. I think the electorate would be pretty upset about that. Okay, before before we move on, can you just remind us, because you wrote a letter to the Mayor about this, on behalf of quite a number of residents' associations, can you just go through maybe the top three uh, things you were most concerned and probably still are concerned about this policy? Okay, so it's an Auckland policy that's been foisted on Christchurch. So in practical terms, that means that three-storey buildings built in Christchurch on the same rules as they are in Auckland would mean twice as much shade in Christchurch, nearly twice as much shade, because we're further south. And I know that sounds pretty technical, but the fact of the matter is the sun sits lower in the sky in Christchurch, and so we've already done got research which shows that that shading would be a massive issue. Mm. There's no planning rules associated with what these developers would be required to do. There's no amenity, amenity is not taken into account. Um, trees and outdoor spaces, um, we're, at, we're at risk and, and the, the new, the, the, the plan change did say that if you're gonna pull, tr- chop trees down, you need to give us some money. Well, actually money doesn't, doesn't grow trees necessarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, so look, I think that, and the other thing that I was quite, quite 
upset about was the fact that the more the more people um, are unhappy in the city, the more likely they are to move out of the city mm. and into places like Prebleton and Ahoka yeah. and Lincoln. Yeah. So how ironic is that? You know, we're trying to save our rural areas and preserve our productive farmland and the intensification policies that the government, the random intensification policies that the government was promoting would actually force people to move out of the city. Uh, and the other final point I would make is Megan Woods has said, what are you going to do about affordable housing if you don't have intensification? Well, I reject the premise of the question. <laughs> thanks, the fact, to, thanks, Tony. <laughs> the, you know, the fact is there's no evidence that, build, that intensification would produce affordable housing. Brilliant. Thanks, Tony. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well done. Uh, Tony is uh, Tony Simons from the uh, Rickett and Bush Kilmarnock Residents Association.